0: You are listening to Intentional Performers with Brian Levinson, where we talk with experts of craft about their journey and what they have intentionally done to be their best self. As we talk with them, the hope is that we uncover intentional gems that you can use in your life. Now, let's kick it over to Brian to introduce this week's guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Intentional Performers podcast. I am Brian Levinson. Excited to have you with us today for another great episode. But before we dive into today's topic, I want to tell you a bit more about myself and what I'm up to. So, I work as an executive coach and a mental performance coach, and I founded a company called Strong Skills. You see, at Strong Skills, our team is on a mission to change how the world thinks about soft skills. We believe that labeling competencies like leadership, teamwork, and communication as soft devalues, and minimizes the importance of these skills. And today we're going to talk about curiosity, and we absolutely believe that curiosity is key to a lot of the strong skills that we train and teach on. One of the strong skills that we also teach is called Shift Your Mind. And the teachings come from my book, which came out last October. If you enjoyed today's conversation or any of our past guests, then I know you're going to love the book. You can head over to Amazon or anywhere books are sold to purchase. And you can even listen to the audiobook via Audible. Thanks to all of you who have already purchased, and I've been overwhelmed by the response the book has gotten so far. Additionally, I run an Accelerator program where I coach executive clients one-on-one, and I also bring them together for monthly Zoom calls and an annual retreat. The Accelerator is designed for executives who are interested in growing, are curious, they love to learn, and they are trying to figure out how they can lead and perform better. Our next accelerator launches in January and is filling up now. If you're interested in one-on-one coaching and interested in connecting with other people, feel free to email me. My email is brian at strongskills.co. Once again, that's brian at strongskills.co. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's episode or any of our previous 249 podcasts, please go over to iTunes and write us a review. It really does make a difference as we continue to build this thing out and expand on the podcast. It really does help people find us. So thanks to all of you who have already done so, and let's continue to share these intentional performers with the world. So today I'm going to do something different. As I mentioned, we've had 249 podcasts before today's, which means that today is actually our 250th podcast. I guess we could call it a birthday 250 episodes. It's been an amazing run for the podcast. I am so overwhelmed with the responses I get from all of you for listening. It means the world to me when I get a text or an email or a DM saying, hey, I really enjoyed this conversation or that conversation. So today, you're just going to get me, and we are going to celebrate this 250th episode together, and we're going to celebrate it by talking about curiosity. So here's the deal. Curiosity is what got me here. It's what put me in front of this microphone, and it's what forced me to hit the record button. You see, this journey, the intentional performer's journey, it actually was beyond the surface when we first started. It was designed and it was based off my desire to learn from people and to bring on interesting people that are striving, that are hoping to do better, to learn, to grow, to develop. And through these guests, I have learned a ton. And so, really, the podcast is an opportunity for me to be curious for an hour or so once a week. And hopefully, through that curiosity, I would learn. And here's what I've noticed as I've interviewed all of these guests yes, they are intentional. It's why we changed the name to Intentional Performers. And with their intention, this is where they place it. They place their intention. On curiosity. I found far more guests to be curious than not. It's probably the biggest correlation I've noticed between these guests that range in their industries. So, whether it's Cal Fussman, who came on here and started our conversation by asking me a ton of questions. He's one of the best question askers I've ever been around. He's made a living off asking great questions. He's a journalist by trade. Laurent Prophet a professional basketball player, was committed to lifelong learning. And he talked about people like Kobe Bryant and how they loved being curious. We're going to talk about Kobe. Kobe's favorite book was Curious George. And Leron got an up-close and personal seat to watch Kobe's curiosity when he played with the Lakers in the NBA. Annalise Schmidt who, play, who plays an important role with the Philadelphia 76ers and helps develop the players there and supports them she talked about therapy and how she went to therapy because she was curious to learn more about herself. She grew up in Germany, has spent half of her life in the United States, and she's really curious about learning about who she is and how she became her. If you go to therapy, you have to have a lens of curiosity. And what better to be curious about than yourself? Author David Epstein, we had on, he referenced curiosity throughout and how that's really his motivator for writing. He wrote the book, The Sports Gene, because he was curious about the genetics behind the nature behind the elite of the elite performers. I recently went to a Nationals game, a baseball game with David. And as we watched some baseball and we walked around the stadium, he turned to the people we were with and he pulled out a research study that he was reading on the subway on the way to the game. And we were also there with Dan Pink, and Dan Pink is someone who I've witnessed watching another one of our podcast guests, Ryan Holiday, speak. Both Dan and I were at an event where Ryan was speaking, and I looked over, and Dan was scribbling notes the entire time. This is a multiple best-selling author who is still obsessed with learning. He writes all of his books with a curious lens. Then there was Megan Phelps Roper, who left the Westboro Baptist Church because she was curious. And wanting to better understand the people that she was supposed to hate. That she was taught to hate. And yes, empathy was a driver. But it's hard to be empathetic if you're not curious. Then there was Paul Rabel. One of the best lacrosse players of all time. He went off and actually started his own league, the PLL. And Paul talked about curiosity. And his curiosity about sports psychology and business. And how he's leveraged those things to be better at his job on the field and also as he runs a sports league. It was clear that Paul's curious. He journals and is constantly trying to figure himself out and figure out interesting things that are around him. Then there was Coach Quinn Snyder, the NBA coach who's coaching for the Utah Jazz. Quinn is always learning, and he even says that his identity is ongoing because he's constantly changing and evolving. And he uses his curiosity to learn about how teams are playing in Europe and he's constantly trying to learn from others so that he can be the best coach he can be and the best dad and husband and person he can be and the last person I'll mention was Joe Ferraro who came on the podcast Joe is an English teacher who has a podcast called one percent better and he loves this idea that we should have damn good conversations and the key to damn good conversations is actually curiosity and I challenged Joe I said Joe how are you using curiosity and teaching curiosity to your 12th grade English, ta- English class? And Joe and I had a whale of a time. And he challenged me, he said, Brian, you're one of the most curious people I know. What are you doing to share curiosity with the world? And so this is step one. I wrote an article called Return to Curiosity. And that came from one of my clients, Tanya Vogel, who's the, the athletic director at George Washington University. And she talked about her mom. Now, her mom, even in her old age, is still one of the most curious people she knows. And that idea of return to curiosity really sparked my curiosity. Where does our curiosity come from? Why do we tend to lose it as we age? And as I challenged Joe Ferraro, I said, hey, man, why aren't you bringing the lessons you've learned in your podcast to the classroom? He pushed back at me and said, hey, Brian, why don't you write a little more about curiosity and share what you've learned about curiosity? So I wrote an article, now you're going to get a podcast, and who knows, maybe there's a book in there someday that will talk more about this idea of return to curiosity. But here's where I want to start. I want to start with this notion that we are born with curiosity. It's innate. And as I mentioned, as we age, many of us lose our inner child. I have a -a five-and-a-half-year-old son and a -a four-and-a-half-year-old daughter. They are constantly asking me questions. They are incredibly curious. Yet I believe as we go through school, we are taught that we should know the answers. We get tested on knowing the answers to questions. We very rarely get tested on our curiosity. And I believe curiosity is the key to learning. How do you learn if you're not curious? How do you gain knowledge and wisdom if you're not curious? So instead of remaining curious, we often feel the need to be convicted. I know the answer to this. Perhaps we argue. We believe that expertise is knowing the answer rather than simply saying, I don't know. And here I am, I'm even doing a podcast where I'm sharing my conviction about curiosity, but I will tell you. I am still very, very curious about curiosity. Even in our conversation today, I'm not going to share all that much science and research around curiosity. I think I've got a ways to go when it comes to studying curiosity and understanding and learning what it is and what it isn't. What does it look like when we might have too much curiosity? How can it backfire? How can it hold us back? So this is not a finished product as you listen to this podcast today. This is still a work in progress I still will be curious about curiosity even when I stop recording. And I hope you will too. See, we believe, though, that often our job titles, whether we are a VP or in the C-suite or a director or simply someone whose job it is to execute, we believe that those job titles require us to know the answers. Even as a podcaster, I'm supposed to know answers. I'm telling you, I often don't. Even as a writer, I wrote my book. There are things in there that I'm going to disagree with down the line because we grow and we evolve and we change. So, why is it that we feel as though we always have to have the answers? We don't. Wisdom is not always having the answers. Wisdom is the capacity to acknowledge when we don't and to go on an exploration to try to find some things out. So, knowledge can be a trap. If we believe that we know the answer to something, we don't always unlock all the possibilities that might exist. And so we have to be cautious and careful to know, hey, I know a thing or two, and I don't know anything at all. We can hold both of those at the same time. Yet, I know for me, I often find myself being convicted. And when I am convicted, I often have trouble staying curious. And by the way, I don't think there's anything wrong with having conviction or a strong sense of belief in something. I think it's needed. We need people that are willing to stand their ground, especially leaders. Hey, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it. We need to be able to say that. And we need to understand when to leverage curiosity. And I believe that if we are curious first, then we earn the right to be convicted second. But if we just go straight to conviction without curiosity we can get into a whole heap of trouble. So we must return to our curious roots. We must be curious about our job, our family, and our society. And when we do that, I believe that's where we will grow. And look, I'm recording this. We remain in a pandemic. It's September 2021. We remain in a place where many people feel stuck, stifled, What better time than now? What better time now than to pick up a book, to listen to a podcast, to watch a TED Talk? What better time now than to think about how might I want to travel in 2022? What might I want to do to go explore? Because the world will open up. It's already started to. We've seen it. And it'll continue to open up. And when we have that freedom, that autonomy, that ability to move around, will we do so with a curious mind, with a curious perspective? and that's gonna determine whether or not we learn. I often laugh when people say that adversity is the key to success, that we have to learn from adversity. Yes, it's true, but plenty of people go through adversity and don't learn anything. So adversity isn't the key to success. Being curious about what happened from that adversity is the key to success. So it's not actually the thing. It's not actually the adversity. It's whether or not you're gonna be open to learning from the experience. That's key. Experience without curiosity is pretty damn meaningless. There are plenty of people that are really experienced but haven't learned a damn thing. And so as we sit here and we think about what might my future look like? How might I want to travel? How might I want to experience cultures? We want to do so with a curious lens in mind. We are at a time where political polarization appears to have reached highs that we haven't seen in a long time. We have social unrest. We have cries for systemic change. How can we remain curious in this? Curiosity brings people together. If I'm curious about why you believe what you believe I can learn, I can understand your perspective, it doesn't mean I have to agree with it. But at least I know where you stand. And where we've come to today is that we have often stopped remaining curious. We judge. We say you are good or bad. We evaluate instead of being descriptive and trying to really understand where is this person coming from. And look, I understand why you may be cynical about where we're going in our future. I have days of pessimism as well. but we need to be optimistic. We need to be hopeful. And I believe that if we are going to be optimistic and hopeful, the only way to do so is with curiosity in mind. Can we teach it? Can we train it? Can we get more people to step into this idea of learning, of growing, of saying, hey, I don't know everything. Why don't I take a step back and listen and ask questions? We have so much going on right now to shut down and mute our own curious urges or desires, or the part of us that we know is inside of us, that little boy or girl, we need to bring that person out. Here's the truth about me. I grew up in an incredible home. I felt safe, I felt seen. I was encouraged to pursue my dreams. Nothing was too high. I'm so privileged in so many ways. That word gets thrown around a lot these days and I understand why people are hesitant to use it for themselves. But I am not hesitant. I had a mom and dad that loved me dearly. I had two brothers that are good, good people. I had friends and I grew up in a neighborhood surrounded by people that were solid and strong and smart. I grew up in an amazing environment. My parents should be in the Parenting Hall of Fame. here's the thing every summer we would go west and explore we would go to yosemite the grand canyon yellowstone zion whatever national park you can think of we did that we explored nature and that part of me i can remember just skipping on these paths jumping up on rocks jumping off and i was just curious about the world nature has a way of bringing out our curiosity it's beautiful At 13 years old, we went on a whitewater rafting trip and we camped out every night. I remember looking up at the stars and seeing this great, grand universe. At 14 years old, we went to Africa and we stayed in tents surrounded by animals. And I was curious as to whether or not they'd attack us at night. They didn't. On that trip, we even went skydiving over Victoria Falls and I saw the world from a different perspective at 14. So yes, I I was very, very privileged. Adventure and exploration were embedded into me and my brothers from a young age. We grew up in a suburban bubble in Potomac, Maryland. We were exposed to elements outside our bubble. We were exposed to people that had less. We were able to be curious and learn their perspective. For that, I am so grateful We had my parents ask us questions, meaningful questions about money, God, and even hate. And I can remember thinking deeply about the answers. You see, my mom's mom was a Holocaust survivor. She lost two brothers due to the genocide. So hatred was something that certainly was of top of mind for my family. And my grandma really didn't spend too much time thinking about it, but the rest of us certainly did. I would be curious, I'd ask her questions, I'd ask my parents questions. Leveraging curiosity in those moments was so, so key. And I think about how my parents raised me and my brothers. And a few years ago, I decided to go, to, go see a therapist. Not because of any particular reason, but because I thought it would be good to explore myself. I was curious and I thought a professional could help me do that and they certainly did. See, I was curious about myself. But here's what the amazing takeaway was from that experience. Even as amazing as my parents were, even as amazing as my community was, when I came to realize that my dinner table with my parents, that my schooling, I went to one of the best public schools in the country, that my community, my friends, who are now doing incredible things with their lives, through all of it, I was always taught to speak up. Sometimes I spoke up too much. I talked back. I got in trouble in school. But I wasn't told to mute that conviction. And from there, I think me and my brothers and a lot of people in my community have amazing confidence. And it is a gift because I work with people that don't have that. And it is hard to cultivate. But here's why I'm bringing this up. What I realized as I went through therapy is that I was brought up in a household that encouraged you to be convicted and confident. And as a result, I often went to that conviction before I went to curiosity. And what I realized is that when I am convicted on an idea or a concept, that I often shut down my desire to remain curious. When I am convicted, I rarely learn from other people. I'm blind, I'm deaf. It's almost as if I'm lacking one of my senses. So through that experience, I came to realize that conviction without curiosity is extremely dangerous. And while I am grateful for the conviction that I learned, I need to return to the curiosity that I had when I looked at the Grand Canyon, or when I looked at the plane that was about to take us up and go skydiving, or the curiosity when I was whitewater rafting and, and looking up at the stars, I need to return to that curious mind, that curious soul, that curious spirit about me, because that is where I will learn, that's where I grow, and that is where I will fulfill my potential. So while I need to be convicted, and certainly you're listening to me in this podcast is just me, I also need to remain curious. So I've been doing a deep dive into curiosity. I continue to research the science, I I listen to uh, audio books, I listen to podcasts, I read books, I obviously interview people on this podcast, and I've come to recognize that I don't know jack about curiosity, but I know that curiosity is meant to be done, it's meant to be experienced, the more we do it, the better we get at it, can you stay curious a little bit longer? Can you listen a little bit longer? Can you ask one more question before you dive in with an answer? And when we do those things, we just stay curious a little bit longer. We earn the right to be convicted. We earn the right to share our perspective. But when we share our perspective without doing the curious work, we're limited. You know, Nobel Peace Prize winner Elie Wiesel Once remarked that in the word question, there is a beautiful word, quest. I love that word. Beautiful quote, quest. We're all on a journey, we're all on an experience, we're all on a quest. Will we use questions to help us get there? I mentioned Kobe Bryant, his favorite book was Curious George. Kobe was known for constantly asking why to his coaches. And even his coaches will say it, it could be a pain in the ass sometimes. But Kobe's ability to acquire knowledge was unprecedented in the NBA. He lived with curiosity. He leveraged curiosity. We're meant to do it. We're meant to act with curiosity. There's an old adage that goes, lawyers only ask questions they know the answer to. And I think about doctors on the other end. A great doctor, if you've ever experienced a great doctor, they probably pepper you with questions so that they can really understand your perspective. If you've ever gone to a bad doctor, they rarely ask you questions. They diagnose you, and it's very, very dangerous. How can we be that great doctor that's gonna constantly ask questions before they come to the diagnose, diagnostic or the diagnosis, before they come to the solution? i go back to that lawyer and I would say, hey, okay, there might be a time in the courtroom where you need to only ask questions that you, that you know the answer to, but outside of that courtroom, That is a dangerous, dangerous game to play because the whole purpose of a question is to gather knowledge, is to gather information. So maybe you need to do that in a courtroom. Maybe you need to do that in your job at times. But most of the time, we need to be asking questions without knowing the answer. If you ask a question that you already know the answer to, it can come off as condescending and you can waste people's time. Even when I prepare for the podcast, I don't want to ask questions that I already know the answer to. That's why I often just listen deeply, because there's often a great question inside of an answer that someone's giving. And if I stay curious a little bit longer, I can find it out. I had Dr. Michael Gervais on the podcast. And in in my world, the sports psychology world, Gervais is cream of the crop material. He's got an amazing podcast called Finding Mastery. And I remember I went to his office in California, and I was nervous as all hell. I've had a ton of people on the podcast, people that are really well known. I've never been as nervous as I was for Michael Gervais. I really wanted to do a great job. So I wrote a little note to myself with a few questions. So I had four or five questions on a sticky note. On the top of that sticky note, I had a reminder that said, stay curious. I knew that the key to that conversation was going to be curiosity. And I needed a reminder. At the end of our conversation, he said to me, you ask great questions. The ultimate compliment. The best compliment I can get from a podcast guest is is that, hey, you ask great questions. Thanks for giving me the space to share. So how do we tap into that doctor mind? How do we tap, tap into the, the mind that says, hey, I'm going to remain curious a little bit longer? Maybe it's using the, the word why. Just simply, hey, why did you do that? And some people think that the word why can cause someone to be defensive. But if you build a relationship with somebody and they feel as though they are safe, Asking why, it's one word. A lot of people don't ask. Why? Why does this matter to you? Why did you do that? Toyota was known for this. They created a system they called the five whys. So Toyota in the 1950s knew that they had to explore challenges and problems. And the way to do that was by leveraging curiosity and asking why. And they also knew that there were going to be opportunities And that looking from multiple perspectives would help them provide multiple potential answers. So unlocking possibility for Toyota was essential. And this is how they did it. They could ask a question something like this. Why did the robot stop? stop? The circuit was overloaded, causing a fuse to blow. Well, why is the circuit overloaded? There was insufficient lubrication on the bearings, so they locked up. Well, Why was there insufficient lubrication on the bearings? The oil pump on the robot is not circulating sufficient oil. Well, why is the pump not circulating sufficient oil? The pump intake is clogged with metal shavings. Well, okay, but why is the intake clogged with metal shavings? Because there's no filter on the pump. And there we get to the solution. There's no filter on the pump. But we have to ask the why questions in order to get to the solution. Why questions are all about curiosity. We need to bring out our inner child. We all have this inherent need to resolve uncertainty. We all have this desire to find solutions. Sometimes the desire to find solutions causes us to take a shortcut and not remain curious and not continue to ask questions. And when we take shortcuts, we don't always get the full picture. We need to probe. We need to try to understand where is somebody coming from before we present to them. In negotiation, it's so key. Ron Shapiro, who we had on the podcast, who is a negotiation expert, he talks about the three Ps, prepare, probe, propose. We want to come into every negotiation prepared. We want to constantly probe to know what does the other person want and what do they value, and then we can propose. That probe part is all about being ruthlessly curious. Can we stay in that probe mode for a little longer? If we're a parent, can we ask our kid questions and remain curious for a little longer for managing people can we remain curious and probe what do they value what motivates them can we take that curious lens if you're a sports coach can you ask your players hey tell me a little more about what you saw on the court there I was listening, listening to Peyton Manning the other day, watching Monday Night Football, and he talked about how the quarterback can see the game in a way that people cannot see on the sideline. And that the best coaches he ever played for valued what Peyton had to say. Now, obviously, Peyton was a savant when it came to, came to playing quarterback in the NFL. But there it is. He's saying the best coaches I ever played for were willing to be curious. Were willing to ask questions instead of always having the answers. For all of us, We need to know when to have the answer, and when to be curious. Now look, curiosity I'm just starting to explore, but it can cause issues. Think of rubbernecking when a car accident happens, or trying drugs, or having an affair, or clicking on a tabloid link, or reading the comments on an article. It can backfire, and I will certainly do a deeper dive into that, and I'll share what I find. But for the most part, if we start with curiosity, If we return to that child's curiosity, it's a great place to begin. It allows us to find our own purpose, our meaning. Why do I do what I do? Why does any of this matter? When we ask those deep, tough questions, we show up as a fuller version of ourselves. Albert Einstein once said, I have no special talent. I'm only passionately curious. Curiosity drives purpose. It unlocks purpose. Those who lack curiosity eventually lack an understanding of their own motivation. People that are burnt out often lack curiosity as far as what can they explore within the realm of the thing that they're doing. If we bring curiosity to the forefront, we'll never get bored. We'll never run out of opportunities to learn. It's massive. I remember asking a soccer player once, a professional soccer player, I said, why do you do what you do? And he looked at me square in the eyes and said, man, that's a great question. No one's really ever asked me that. I was puzzled. He'd played in the league for over 10 years, successful career, and yet no one had ever really taken the time to find out why he played. He sat back and he then responded, you know, I knew the answer 10 years ago. I wanted to become a starter, make a certain amount of money, win, make a career, fulfill my potential. You know, uh, I'm passionate about the game, but sitting here right now, man, I don't really know. And so we spent time exploring why he does what he does. And sure enough, when he started to get clarity on that, the performance increased. He played better. He was free. He was liberated. He knew why he was showing up every day and running around and pushing his body and pushing his mind. We're challenging ourselves if we don't know why we're doing what we're doing, if if we haven't done the work, the curious work, that conviction's going to wane as soon as you face something difficult or challenging. Curiosity is where we need to start. I think about Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, and how important he talked about purpose and meaning were. If we're going to overcome bad things, we need to have clarity about why we're in the situation that we're in. And if we explore that, we don't always come up with a great answer, but at least we've done the work. At least we've said, hey, I don't know exactly why, but I've done the work to explore and maybe I'll just put my best foot forward and see what happens. We all need to go toward it. In the book Corner Office, Adam Bryant interviewed 700 CEOs and asked them, what qualities do you see most often in those who succeed? And the most common answer was passionate curiosity. Curiosity is essential for learning and for leading. Many people know about the IQ, the intelligence quotient. And many know about EQ, emotional quotient. But there's also CQ, curiosity quotient. And researchers researchers have found that CQ is just as important as IQ when it comes to academic achievement. Research research has also shown, shown that curious children are better able to grasp basic math and reading and that curiosity is especially important in determining success for those in poorer areas. We need to spread the curiosity. We need to spread the capacity we have to focus on why something works the way that it works. Why do we do what we do? And why do they do what they do? Why do they operate like that? We all are part of a team in some way, shape, or form. When we're working with others, the best teammates are the most curious ones, the ones that are willing to sit there and ask, hey, ma'am, tell me a bit about yourself. What did you feel when you went through that experience? What were you doing before you got here? Tell me about your story, your journey, your experience. You go out to dinner with another couple, can you stay curious a little longer? You go out to dinner with a couple that you're not excited to go to dinner with. What if you put on your curious mind? What will that look like? I once went to a dinner with a couple and in the beginning of the conversation, the boyfriend of a friend of ours said to, said to me, he said, Brian, what was the best part of your day today? What a cool question. What was the best part of your day? He was genuinely curious And you know what? We had a great, great conversation despite the fact that we'd never met each other before. Great questions, great curiosity can connect people, can build relationships, can allow us to see the forest from the trees, can allow us to see people in a different light, in a different lens. And curiosity is linked to creativity. Spencer Harrison and his colleagues found an increase in curiosity was associated with 34% greater creativity. In the same study, they found that 92% of 3,000 employees that were researched found that curious people were the ones that brought new ideas into teams and organizations. And that curiosity was a catalyst for job satisfaction, motivation, innovation, and high performance. The science is there. As I said, I'm still going to explore deeper because I've just scratched the tip of the surface here. I've just scratched the tip of the iceberg there's more that i am going to learn about curiosity but i can't help but see it everywhere that i look i see it in my podcast guests i see it in ted talks i see it in documentaries about some of the best performers in the world and some of the best leaders in the world when rbg passed away there was an article that talked about the one trait that made her special the quote was something like this, Ginsburg's question was unrelated to the dispute, but her insistence on satiating her curiosity is what made the moment such a fine demonstration of an expert remaining ever fresh. And they were talking about oral arguments and how Ginsburg was unfamiliar with something. But her curiosity, even at an old age, is what made her special at what she did. Her desire to be open to new information and to learn was being noted. It's everywhere. You will see it. You will notice it. It's hard to be successful without curiosity. So what do we do? How can we engage in growing our curiosity in learning with curiosity in mind? A couple of thoughts. One, journaling. A great example of curiosity. Heck, starting a podcast. What I'm doing right now, it's allowed me to remain curious And even when I feel like I'm doing great at my job, I can come back to this microphone, ask questions, and try to learn more. But we can just look out the window. Think about the next time you're on an airplane. Look out the window. See the world from that perspective. Draw. Doodle. Write. Seek out people that inspire you and ask them questions. Read an autobiography. Sit down with somebody in your family and learn about the history and your roots. Do improv. Ask stupid questions. The more we do this, the more we grow, the more we lean into curiosity, the more we find out things about ourselves and others that we might not know. It's so important to know what you know. We all have expertise. We all have knowledge. And it's just as important to know what you don't know. And for some things, you might be cool with it. For example, I don't need to know how this microphone gets into this computer and records my voice. I don't, that's fine. Think about what you're most curious about. Think about where curiosity can help you, can inspire you, can help you grow and learn. It's not a one-size-fits-all deal. But we all have it inside of us. We all need to return to curiosity. We all need to get back into that childhood mode when we didn't know the answers to anything and we were just so excited to go explore. So with 2022 coming up and hopefully with this pandemic winding down, what will you do to return to curiosity? Make a list. Come up with activities and experiences and questions that you want to ask people. Be intentional about it. I can't wait to hear what you find. And I can't wait to hear what you don't still know. I'll be right there along your journey as we continue to return to Curiosity.